He had a whole like room full of children crying. He's threatening to murder my cat. I was pretty indifferent. Welcome to the Innovation Overground, the front porch of academic innovation, where we find some of the coolest university technologies so that you don't have to. We want to serve up solutions to some of these problems and add to the volume and help them become actual things on a shelf somewhere. Thank you for joining us. My name is Charlie Litton. I'm joined by Tyler Scher. Tyler? Hey, Charlie. <laughs> wakey, wakey. How is it going? <laughs> Good. He is our PhD in science wizard in the room, and then also joined by Joy, Joe Joy or Joe Rungi, Dr. Long Joyful Dog. Joe Rungi. Joyful Joe and an entrepreneurial werewolf. That's right. I am all of those things. Anything else? I I think you want me to say, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You, it's custom that you do that, but I really don't. Please rate it. Well, now I got to keep finishing it. Yeah, all right, finish it. Put a dime in the jukebox, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to listen. <laughs> Please also tell your friends. Please uh, do something crazy to promote it. Talk about maybe something we're running out of and the urgency of university technology to solve the amazing problems of the world and possibly make us all better and learn something on the journey. Yes, please do. Uh, the more we can spread the word, the more we can uh, add, add some volume to some of these things. So, hey, Charlie, you're looking skeptical. Do you <laughs> well, need to talk I'm, about it? I'm always skeptical, but... You know, I well, I, I think I want to do like a series or a, you know, I don't know, five or six shows about various shortages. Yeah, no, I think it's a great and, idea. Um, all kinds of things are running out of right. And so the one, there's one shortage. So I want to go over, no pun intended, but I want to go over helium um, because you know at Nebraska, every time they score a touchdown, which doesn't happen very often, but after they uh -huh. score their first score of the game, mm -hmm. they send up red balloons and they tell, well, we can't do that anymore, not because of littering or anything like that. It's because we're out of helium. And I'm like, you know, I went to Sam's Club the other day, and they you could buy like, you know, like a propane sized tank of helium for balloons that you can have for your kid's birthday party, presumably, or maybe you just like having helium. Not to get all like Gavin's voice, but there's your business model. You should smuggle one of those into Memorial Stadium, no small thing. And when you do, you could sell those balloons for that first Why, touchdown. Why, is that helium on your coat? Why, no. A market correction. <laughs> this is a tank of hot chocolate. No, so, I mean, how are we running out of helium if I could buy it at the – literally buy it at the store? I don't know if I could have done that like 10 years ago. That's true. Did you check the price? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that – I think it was like – 20 or 30 bucks. It didn't seem like prohibitive. So I mean, maybe like an order of magnitude higher than it would have been just a year ago. <laughs> well, so it was, that's helium is a cycle. Like that, that's something that's kind of interesting. Like, uh, you know, I, I have been interested in the helium shortage and the nature of it. Do you know where most helium nerd. comes from? The sun. <laughs> yes. <True>. And nerd. <laughs> nerd sun. Got it. <laughs> Oh yeah, well maybe this isn't already my iPad shut down. So what so where so where does helium come from then? So a lot of helium comes as an associated byproduct of natural gas. So yeah. helium yep. is often uh, produced at during natural gas extraction. It's one of the the byproducts. Yep. And so hmm. helium will be captured along with that. And the thing that's kind of interesting is the market, it's not that necessarily that we're running out. It's that the market wanes and waxes. There are times in which it's abundant and there are times in which it's not. And so the dilemma is not so much that helium isn't available. Sam's Club, for example, may have just a really long-term contract because so they don't sell a lot of helium. I mean, I don't know. I didn't know you could even get helium at Sam's Club, right? It's not my sort of source of donation. But places for which they need a lot of helium all the time, 
uh, Party City is one of them, right? They're yeah. having huge problems in keeping enough helium to keep balloons inflated. Huh. So I don't know, maybe they should just go to Sam's Club, but they probably can't get enough helium at Sam's Club. But the the bigger dilemma is, well, I think we all think of helium, right? We think of party balloons and like World War One like dirigibles, right? You know, I mean, that's the first thing that comes a, to mind. That's the first thing I thought of. Right. Uh, <laughs> helium is actually used in a lot of industrial processes because it gets really, really, really cold. So MRIs require liquid helium in order to keep the magnets cold enough to operate yeah. at sufficient huh. sort of yep. efficiency. Okay. And it's that very coldness of helium that makes mm-hmm. it really hard to store. So let's say that I hit the mother load of helium, right? And I'm extracting helium like nobody's <laughs> business, which apparently – Look at me. I got <laughs> – it involves a dancing a jig. Yeah. Yeah. It's what I'm doing, people. I'm doing the wearable <laughs> helium jig. Um, <laughs> but once you jig all that, that helium up, where are you going to put it, right? It's a gas – and it's a gas that actually uh, doesn't stay – in order to efficiently store gases, you compress them into liquids. Mm-hmm. The problem is it gets so cold that the minute it's slightly warm enough, it evaporates into a gas. And so if you've got a giant tank of helium that you're storing, no matter what you do, some of it's going to start leaking away. And that's really the problem. How does it leak away? I thought Because what? it has to be <laughs> stupid cold to stay liquid. That's like one of the reasons why it's industrially <clears throat> useful. <clears throat> But it's also a downside that it takes – you have to get it really, really, really cold to convert from a gas into a liquid. So it would it, – when it converts to gas, does it expand? Yes. Can, so w- once you've compressed it into a liquid, wouldn't it stay a liquid and, but because it doesn't have it, room enough to? Yes, but it only stays in that liquid state until it's really, really cold. That tank you buy at <clears throat> Sam's Club, it's probably still a gas. It's just a compressed gas. Yeah. But that's not efficient oh, to store it at industrial scale. Yeah, I mean, so we're, we're you, talking, so just so everyone can orient themselves a little bit. I mean, we're talking negative 452 <clears throat> degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, uh, I don't <laughs> think, I think my fridge only goes, my freezer only goes to like zero. What, you don't have a helium freezer? No, I don't. Oh, come on. <laughs> Welcome to the 21st century. <sighs> I feel so stupid. God, oh. no wonder you're so miserable. I'm a failure as a father. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like helium freezed ice cream. <laughs> God, no, so that's and be by, a thing. by comparison, what's like liquid nitrogen? Oh, not nearly as cold, but I don't know. Warmer. Off the top of my head. <laughs> Less cold. Okay, got it. But liquid nitrogen yeah. is still very, very cold, but yeah. it's more functional as a reagent because it doesn't have to be so cold. Okay. Right. But at the same time, if you got like crazy stupid magnets that only operate at negative 380 degrees, you got to get liquid helium because that's the only thing that's going to get you that cold. That's interesting. So one of the things that's really interesting is, uh, you know, there is a, a, a guy who runs an NMR at some university, at Colorado NMR. University. What's an NMR? Uh, nuclear Magnetic Resonance Instrument. Thank so. you. So this is a really complicated instrument you use to calculate what a compound is made out of atom by atom. Wow. And you use the magnets to look at the electrical difference between, you know, teeny tiny changes between atoms. And based on the readout, yeah. you know the exact chemical composition of whatever you throw What kind of things there. would you be looking at with that? What kind of compounds? Oh. So they t- will typically take like natural extracts and run them through the NMR and just get a sense of what elements are made out of. And that's the first step to knowing what they are. A really good example actually is um, honey never goes bad. Right. And it's just chock-a-block with all these really complicated compounds. And so NMR is one of the tools that's used to figure out what honey's made out of because honey's made out of a lot of different things. Yeah, I mean, you can also okay. do it on like, on like meteorites to see exactly what, okay. what minerals they're made out yeah, of. Cool. Um, you can do it on, yeah. Uh, honey, meteorites, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, From honey to meteorites. <laughs> so the, his machine requires 60 liters of liquid helium every eight weeks. And I'm he's sorry, like say it again? 60 liters 
of liquid helium to be liters. operational. Okay. Yeah. And 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 he's at the like the the price will vary enormously, right? Someday it's like 50 meteorites and 20 honeys. And the next week it's like 500 honeys and 20 meteorites. It doesn't make any sense. And for him to budget yeah. the operation of his device is a big problem. Okay. So what are we going to do about it, right? Like how, how can we sort of – I'm sensing it? university to the rescue University here. to the rescue, man, because you know we clearly need some new and improved technology. This is also really interesting. As I was doing the research for this show – one of the things that's really impressed me, if you actually start looking at uh, Google patents, because that's where I had to go to find some of these technologies, mm -hmm. the amount of innovation that's coming out of China for a lot of these projects, those are the only patents I could find were patents that come from Chinese universities. So, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, we'll be sort of seeing some of the most innovative research throughout the world, which can come from anywhere. But for a lot of these, it's, it's going to come from uh, Chinese inventors. And so... Uh, the group that I found, it's a, a group of inventors out of uh, South China University, uh, which I, I'm not familiar with that institution, other than they invent stuff. Um, and basically what they've come up with is a new type of filter. So it uses new chemistry to basically put it over the extracted gas that you're getting from the natural gas, and it's able to essentially suck up the helium with greater efficiency. Apparently the natural gas that they're extracting in China has relatively low concentrations of helium. And so there's not very efficient. This is according to the preamble of the patent. And so for them to be able to more efficiently get helium out of the low efficiency natural gas would be a huge boom to global helium supplies. It would make the market, for lack of a better term, more liquid. And so the way that they do that is through a combination of organic solvents. So these are just kind of standard chemicals. They have a particular concentration of uh, metal salts that they put into it. And then they ultrasonically uh, stick them onto it. So they use this high frequency vibration machine to make sure that those salts sort of stick onto these panels that they, I assume, put into the channel in which they actually do the natural gas extraction. From that, then, they're able to pull the helium based on the chemistry of those salts and the organic chemistry on those panels and vent them into sort of helium reserves for hmm. lack of common. But it goes to show just how complicated natural gas extraction is getting to be, right? Yeah. Because I don't know. I mean, I think my bias is that they're straightforward, right? You stick a straw in the ground and put a balloon on the end and just keep filling them, right? right. You got your natural gas. But there's all sorts of chemistry. The There's all these different stages of processing to be able to extract kind of associated compounds that go with it. And it just goes to show that, you know, things that, again, I've never really thought natural gas extraction was straightforward, but I wouldn't have thought that you have to think about how do I get all this helium out of the gas before yeah. I actually you know, process it. So they have been able to essentially remove 96% of all of the helium in this relatively low efficiency natural gas in China. I'm not sure how that would look compared to other sort of natural gas sources and, and helium sources. Um, the thing that I think is always really interesting, I, you know, I read a lot of these patents and, and I'm not much of a chemist by training or any of that, but it's, it's always kind of interesting to see some of their data and some of the spe specification of what works. And they get really, really specific as to the, the metal salt concentration. So they get down to the exact molarity for the optimal absorption onto the panels. They talk about the perfect compounds that they can use to actually dissolve them. And so they go into, it's this exact range of concentration using this exact uh, series of, of compounds and then the exact amount of time to let them cook. 
And I th- always like patents like that that say it could be a lot of different things, but if you really want to get that to work right, you got to use <laughs> these four exact compounds and you got to cook them for 15 minutes. So is that a Chinese university owning a U.S. patent or is that a Chinese, a Chinese patent? patent? That is translated through Google Patents, which is in okay. its own right kind of interesting. Okay. It's funny to read the, the preambles because, you know, clearly you're not getting everything. So have they filed for patent then in here? Uh, no, there's only a Chinese patent that I could find that's identified okay. in there. But China's a big market. Right. There's tons of helium underneath it. I mean, you wouldn't know it. It's not floating or anything. But they need to more efficiently extract it. And this is one of many methodologies. Okay. So this doesn't, this doesn't sound like something that – I don't know. It's hard for me to understand how just your kind of everyday person can kind of benefit from this apart from MRIs working better. That's true. So – this comes to like healthcare cost. Why is healthcare so expensive? Well, you need liquid helium to cover to sort mm. of make a, a lot of these equipments operate efficiently. This is why an MRI scan costs thousands and thousands of dollars. Well, it goes to show the the hazard of operating an MRI. I don't know if MRIs require liquid helium, but okay. they do require complex magnets and they do need to have very, you know, superconductor like efficiencies that operate. And so if you're running an MRI shop, you're wondering really closely about how much it's going to cost to keep my magnets cold. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Tyler, you got anything to add to the helium conversation or are you, uh, you know, you're still playing words with friends there? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm winning. So, um, <laughs> no, he's playing it, with me actually. You know, there's been a number of, um, so I didn't find a lot of, uh, new university, um, IP or, or research being done here, but there's a number of startups, particularly in Western Canada that are focused on, um, um, not only identifying new resources uh, for helium, new helium mines, if you will, but also different processes to more efficiently capture helium. Man, would that be a like cool Joe job? Mentioned. I'm a helium prospector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Panning> for helium. <laughs> oh, got away. That, that, yep. Yeah, it's. <laughs> it got away. <laughs> Man, I just want to make cheap, that joke. Cheap joke. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Please take a moment to check out the program notes. We will have links to uh, some of the amazing startups in the West that are finding new sources of helium, as well as our Chinese patent discussing better ways to more efficiently extract it. Yes, thank you. I think it's time to come to ground. Thank you for joining us. For uh, I wanted, Oh, I do want to thank our sponsor, Unimed, the Tech Transfer Office for the University of Nebraska Medical Center and the University of Nebraska at Omaha and KVNO Studios. Uh, for Charlie, I'm Charlie Linton. For Joe Ruggie and Tyler Sher. thank you for joining us and we'll see you again on the Innovation Overground.